This episode is dedicated to Sule Kangangi. Sule, you had a great heart, a huge motivation, a great spirit, and you were an amazing human being. You will be missed, but your inspiration will live forever. Bye, Sule. Hello everybody and welcome to Brunvagun. You will not get there on a road bike and for sure you're not going to go there on a road bike. I mean, the place where I'm going to bring you now. I mean, no, forget about that. Thanks a lot for tuning in. This episode is going to be quite random in the random lineup of the episodes. I'm sorry, the end of the season is going to be a bit all over the place because, I mean, you know it, right? Mid-August, mid-end August, I get finally the opportunity of getting married people you don't know how happy i am after three years i mean there were a lot of things and thoughts that were there around and also good and backlogs but at the end it was an amazing party and i had the opportunity also to ride the bike with my friends and this was august now september i am basically tomorrow taking off to follow an amazing event i'm talking about the further east in uk Together with Josh Ibet, we are going to be there and we are going to make a bit of live chatting and coverage of the Further East. I can't wait also to meet finally Camille, the organizer of the Further. Such a great mind. And then after that, some other things that are going to come, but as I was saying, pretty random. The only safe thing is that we are going to have a classic at the end of the season. You know what I'm talking about, right? In order to bring everything to you i have to say thanks to you that are following me of course but to komoot the amazing app that helps you with your adventure komoot people you are great and komoot people you are great also because you are supporting the events that i'm gonna go talking about during this chat quiet wait a bit it's gonna come. But thanks, Komoot, for supporting the Broom Wagon. You are just amazing people. You can support this podcast as well. How would you say? Super easy. Go to the application that you are using for listening to this podcast and follow me. Put a comment, review, do whatever you want. This would help me on climbing the chart. And if you like this episode and you want to share it, do it personally with a friend of yours. Talk with them because that's the best way to share things. Down in the description below, there's also a link. It's not super used. I have actually to tell you people, you are not, you have not been super great as supporters, huh? Sorry, I'm being harsh. You are lovely. But if you want, down there in the description below, you will find a coffee link. You will recognize K-O-F-E. I. There you can drop some coins so you will support this podcast on keeping on being independent. That's super important and it's going to also support me with my content creation. I really like it. And another thing down in the description, there is also the link to follow if you want to drop some coins in the COVID jar and donate them to the Baikigis, the amazing NGO that helps people women refugees on how to learn i mean to learn on how how would you say that to learn how to ride the bike i mean stefano private this is the 27 episodes of this uh season you should know it thanks a lot for making this happen lovely 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 bk geese people i would say that we can start with the episode now what do you think yes let's do it I met Sara and Andy in Bern at Velomarios, actually. They're all stories inside of the episode. The thing that I want to tell you is that, uh, hopefully, I will name it. Sarah, at the beginning of, I mean, I think mid-year, she decided to organize 
the thing called Women's Weekender Marmots Land Edition, a weekender women's only that happened in Engadin, aka Marmot Land, where women can really explore for the first time, or maybe seasoned uh, as well, bike packers can explore a women's only bike packing trip weekender together with look like, how would you say this one thing, like-minded, together with like-minded people and enjoy a lot of it. Sarah was the organizer and she will go, I mean, she went already, she will walk now, she will drive, no, she will ride us through this amazing event and experience. All the informations are there, the other information that are missing, trucks, photos, smiles and highs down below where into the commutativity where else listen we're gonna talk together at the end of this episode bye i have to say that this moment basically everything is gonna be quite random in the broom wagon why so will you say easy uh, it's just that actually is a period where i mean i'm a bit all over the place wedding and stuff and also i'm gonna be traveling pretty soon but nevertheless, I'm super happy that today we're going to have an amazing topic because we're going to talk with Sarah, actually somebody that I know personally, I would call you Sarah, a friend, that organized a great event, a really great event in Switzerland in a super special weekend for me. It was my wedding weekend. That's why I was not there with you, following you, but actually I was following you a tiny bit with my heart, also because my heart was already super full. And uh, I'm super happy that finally we can actually have some time today to talk about that. So, hi, Sarah. How are you doing? Hi, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nice uh, being here and talking to you, finally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think it's the first time, actually, that you are here on the podcast. We talk about my... I mean, we talked a lot of times, for sure. We talked about this podcast a lot of times. But now, actually, this time is the great time that we are talking about a great event as well. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we both like to talk, so we talk a lot, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 that definitely. That's why our rides together are always super fun. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, maybe a couple of words I want to say here. And these couple of words are actually, I met you, Sarah and Andy digitally in the period mm -hmm. that I was in Kyrgyzstan. And you were in Kyrgyzstan as well. So exactly. you were traveling around the world. And then, of course, something happened. I mean, wait, let's start since that beginning. <laughs> COVID happened at a certain point and uh, you had to get back home and then things changed a bit. But actually, yeah, you were in Kyrgyzstan. I was in Kyrgyzstan. We actually something I like, missed just for a couple of days. Then I kept on following your journey. And uh, then as I was saying, I at that time I was into Switzerland. So I moved to Switzerland for not so long time. But then actually, yes, Corona arrived and all these kind of things arrived. And then finally, this was the opportunity for you to get back home and for me to get to know you in person. And uh, uh, I mean, after all the talks digitally and stuff, we started also riding bikes together. All the time that they come to burn, it means that they basically coming at at your at yours, at your crew, at Velo Mario, and all the amazing people that are surrounding that magic space. And uh, I'm also super happy because you're organizing also a lot of good things. And one of those things, super great things that you are organizing is actually the thing that we're talking about today. Because I'm really, really, really talented on making mess with the names, I will let you name the project that you kicked off. Okay. <laughs> 
Well, I organized or I organized together with Isabel from Komoot. Um, we organized the weekender and we named it the Gravel Komoot Women's Weekender Marmot Lens Edition. Perfect. <laughs> A lot of things and, to go uh, through. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, I'll, I'll explain a little bit all of those uh, things that are involved in the name. Gravel is um, something that I started organizing in Bern uh, this spring. I wanted to have a group for women who like um, gravel biking, who like bikepacking, who want to ride together, who need opportunities to ride together. And that's when I started with Gravel. And I mean, Kamut, everybody knows Kamut. <laughs> then the Women's Weekender, I think that's clear as well. It was a weekend that we organized, or a three day weekend. And Marmot's Land Edition is um, a route that Andy and I created together a couple of years ago. It's located in the Engadin um, in the east of Switzerland. And when we scouted that route, or every time we are in the Engadin, we just see all those marmots around, and we knew that the route should be called Marmot's Land. So basically, I took this mountain bike route and I adapted it to gravel bike because we wanted to have a gravel bike women's weekender. <laughs> it's great. I mean, I think it's a great idea. I know exactly the... I mean, the place and the location that you're talking about, it's really beautiful. And I mean, I know it also because I see uh, all your Instagram stories and Instagram content all the time. I know it's really good. And also I had, I was lucky enough to ride uh, a bit in that area. And that's also super nice. And yeah, I mean, that's super great. But maybe we can make a couple of steps back mm -hmm. and you can tell me, okay, I said, actually, I will go to know you. We talked about Tandy. We talked about Velo Mario. We understand pretty clearly that you are a bicycle lover and an adventure lover. I'm going to put another kind of two cents there. You also like coffee and mocha coffee. It's kind of your thing. But yeah. tell us a bit more about you. Okay. Well, um, I have been riding bikes for a really long time. Like a lot of people or maybe a lot of women, I started with road bikes. And for a long time, I was always riding with the guys, being one of the only women riding with the guys. And I got used to that, but it kind of bothered me. And um, maybe about 10 years ago, there were some initiatives who um, started having women-only rides or women-only events on road bikes. And I was always a little bit, mm, should I go, shouldn't I go, only women, is that something for me, isn't it? And I joined one or two of those events and I was really happy to have joined them because they were good events and really showed me that it's something that I need for myself, but maybe also we as women need in the cycling world. And um, I tried to have a women-only group in Lucerne at that time as well, because I lived in Lucerne. And it wasn't a big success, I have to say, unfortunately. Um, and then my husband and I went on our world trip, which was a, not a mountain bike, not a road bike, maybe rather a gravel touring bike trip. And because of Corona, we came back in 2020 and... Um, We chose to live in Bern, 
after that and started organizing small wide events together with Velo Mario, uh, mostly on gravel. And um, then last year in October, September, October, I joined the first rally that Kamut organized um, with Lyle Wilcox's idea to have a women's rally on the Torino Nice route, a beautiful route, really, really nice. We were a group of 25 women doing that route within a week, and it was just superb. I mean, I came home and I was like, okay, I want to organize this and this and this and this. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that really set me on fire. That was, um, it really helped to give me maybe the last kind of kick that I needed to really start something like Gravel. And um, at that point, I talked to Isabel, of course, from Kumut because we knew each other. We were already in touch. And she was really happy, I think, to hear that I'd be motivated to organize something, maybe not like a rally, but a weekender in Switzerland. And so we kind of started planning, talking about it. And at some point, yeah, it got pretty... Uh, pretty concrete we were like okay let's do this <laughs> that's great i have a couple of questions on some topics that you kicked off yeah. and uh, let's start in from there so 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 let's start from the beginning yes <laughs> gravel then gravel then you started with road bikes yeah why do you think that the gravel environment, I mean, I have my opinion on gravel. If you want, we can talk about that. I think you have yours. But why do you think that actually these, I mean, let's start with that. Is a matter of the pavement that we are riding? Or is the people that are joining this kind of gravel type and attitude of rides that make it a bit more inclusive or more inclusive than road cycling? Or so is the pavement, is the surface, are the people... Are our is our attitude? Why do you think that actually it's super? I mean, it feels for me that it's easier to bring good causes, great goal, relax, and great relationship a bit more when we are putting the word gravel into <laughs> cycling. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, what's your two cents on that? Have you been watching Badlands? <laughs> yes, a bit, a bit. Okay. I think it was one of the fastest editions this year. Yeah, <laughs> Ever yeah. So, just talking about racing on gravel. Um, it's a good question, really. And I it's. Hmm, I think it's, gravel is maybe more inclusive or it was more inclusive when it started. And as everything where you can earn money or where uh, brands can earn a lot of money, <laughs> um, it gets more and more commercialized and more, there are more races, there's more competition within gravel as well. So I guess it really depends. I think if you are taking part in an event that is maybe an Audax or something like Gran Guarda, which would take place in October, no, in September, end of September, at the Lake of Garda. Um, I think those events aren't, like, very competitive. Mm. I mean, still, you have people who are really strong, really good, and really want to smash it, and that's okay, it's fine. But you have a lot of people who go there for the event, for the, the people who are there, for the 
yeah, for the family, I say. But then you have um, events, gravel events, I think such as Badlands, for example, as well, where you have super competitive people. And I think where the same happens with gravel racing as it happened in road racing. Uh, maybe not on, on a level like we have it at Tour de France or something like this, because it's not, there are not that many brands and teams and stuff like that. But um, I think gravel racing is evolving into something very competitive as well. Yeah. It's, it's a shame, I think. Okay. <laughs> but still, I think on a grassroots level, it still is maybe less competitive than the road cycling scene. Or maybe less fast. I mean, if you're riding on gravel, you aren't as fast as on tarmac. And if you aren't riding fast, then maybe it's less competitive. Mm. I don't know. I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. Yes, because I believe that anyways, my two cents on that is that, I mean... Gravel, the thing that I say all the time, gravel is not a surface, it's an attitude. And in my opinion, gravel started, I mean, the cool thing of gravel talks about, uh, let's say, as a discipline, is that everybody's welcome. So if you want to be fast, you can be fast, but you are not seen or watched with a different eye if you are slow. I mean, that's exactly the thing. While on the road, anyway, it seems like you are all the time, I mean, People that are used to go on the road. I am. I don't know. I think that actually I brought this kind of spirit already on the road because I'm not the person. I, I mean, I go out for chatting. I don't go out for what's. If I want to go out for putting what's into, I mean, something that I don't have, my power meter, I go out by myself. So that's the main thing. But that's the thing. I mean, on the road, you are supposed, as on the road, you are supposed to smash some KOMs as an attitude. As on mountain bike, you are supposed to smash some downhill segments on the <laughs> other side. On gravel, you are taking the best out of it. So the spirit of being in a good company and having fun. And if you want to go fast, be my guest. That's not a problem. But the most important thing is that the spirit is the one to stay together. And of course, as you were mentioning, for sure, there is a situation where now brands kicked in. Everybody wants to see also this part as a competitive one, but still at the grass, on the grassroots and the grassroots um, situation where we are at the moment and seeing everything is still a bit more competitive. And the cool thing is that at the end of the day, we are all stopping at the same cafe or bar drinking the same beer or sitting on the middle of the yeah. road. And I mean, I just, as you say, in, I think it's true. In the gravel scene, I'd say a lot of things are possible. For example, we had women taking their mountain bikes with them, their hardtails for the weekender, which was completely fine. I mean, nobody said anything. Mm -hmm. and, um, I've had situations while road biking, if somebody would not bring the exact bike that you should have, then you were like, oof, what are you riding? So mm -hmm. I think there are a little less rules. Exactly, exactly. And the cool thing that I see, I mean, you talked about, you touched base a bit, uh, the Torino Nice rally. 
I remember that a bit of time ago I was writing this newsletter and my newsletter, one of the subscribers of all the newsletter is also James uh, from the Torino East Rally. And I was talking a bit more about judging on the, um, on the gravel scene and uh, what you're putting on as clothing and everything like that. And I remember that he answered me to that email by saying, lose your clothes and your attitude will follow you. And yeah. that's exactly the thing. You, in this kind of situation, I don't want to talk about really uh, giving categories and categorizing, but that's the thing. People are a bit more relaxed. So as soon as you relax and one icon of it is the clothes that you're putting on, one that actually you're relaxing a bit the situation, then everything is a bit more relaxed and nobody really cares of what everybody else is doing. If you want to stop for a chat, you stop for a chat. If you want to stop for a coffee, you stop for a coffee. If you want to go for that KOM, you go for that KOM. Who cares? Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> back on track, back on track. So you talked, as I was saying, a bit uh, about a couple of things. Another topic that I want to extract from your conversation is Gravel. How exactly. did it start? And I mean, I think that the name is pretty clear. <laughs> well, it isn't to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. still messages from men asking if they could join rides. Probably one of those men is actually myself. <laughs> I think they, maybe they just don't speak French. Okay. And they don't get that the gravel written with the two L's and the E in the N is L for she mm -hmm. in French. Um, actually, it was, a, it was Andy, my husband, who came up with the name. So mm -hmm. uh, the woman who created brand or whatever you want to call it and um, I had the idea for a longer time to just have a group where women could meet or, or people identifying as women and um, then I was thinking about a name a catchy name I did some Instagram survey I asked people we discussed a lot and then Andy came up with this name and I was like wow that's quite cool because in Switzerland we have a lot of French-speaking people as well. And if we want to be inclusive, it's not only include women into sport, but also include French-speaking people into German-speaking part of Switzerland and it's the other way around. I mean, now we have the Italian-speaking as well. Of course. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved to have a name that uh, would have involved that as well, but... Yeah, that was, for me, it was really like, oh, that's cool. Maybe one day we'll have French-speaking ladies coming to our ride as well, which would be great. So, yeah, so Gravel was born in April, I think, this year. And we started with, um, with a ride on Friday evening every two or three weeks. And then we had... Um, two or three overnighters in the region of Bern, um, where I really wanted to show the women, hey, it's possible to do like this short thing to get out of your everyday life on a Friday evening, come back home on Saturday midday and be in your everyday life and just have a good time for a couple of hours, but then continue with whatever you have to continue. So um, having those small adventures within whatever you have to do, whatever you work, whatever your family requires, that is something that I really want to show people that it is possible to have that. Yeah. That's super great. I mean, that's something that I need to learn myself as well. So until like from time to time, just picking up a little tent or a BV 
load your bike, being out, even just not far away, when 20 kilometers from your place. Go out, stay there, cook a bit of dinner, because that's a cool thing. Sleep, <laughs> sleep outdoor, come back home. I think that you're coming back just completely recharged, fully charged. And doing it with cool people, it's even better. Exactly. I think that's, a, that's one of the other things uh, we realize each time we're doing something like that is, hey, there's so much knowledge around. Um, there are a lot of women or also men, if we do the, the things with men as well, who know and who have experienced a lot. And um, people who just start riding bikes or who start bikepacking or who start gravel biking, they can really learn from those people. And having the opportunity or giving them the opportunity to just talk to each other and um, exchange their thoughts is really cool as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it's really cool. And actually, I have to say also another thing. I mean, as an expat, being a big supporter of Switzerland, the cool thing is that, I mean, you're based in Bern. So basically, the rides, usually they start in Bern or whatever. Being in Switzerland with everything, it's, I mean, super close because Switzerland is not super big and everything reachable by public, tra public transport and then train. It's super cool. So really, you're not just getting people from only the area, but actually a lot of people from all over the area, as you said, French-speaking Switzerland or just, for example, Zurich or Basel or whatever, can easily reach Bern in this case or easily reach whatever else and really start making this experience all together. So that's something that actually makes things even closer. You just need the idea. And then people is, it, for people, it's easy to follow. Yeah, I think that is one thing that still, some people still have to realize that, myself as well. I mean, Switzerland is so small, and you're in, from Zurich, from Basel, from Lausanne, whatever, you're in Bern within an hour, or maybe an hour and a half. And that is something that sometimes, I mean, if you're living in a big city like Berlin or London or whatever, sometimes you travel that amount of time within the city. So it's nothing, actually, compared to what we have. So um, we should sometimes just say to, to ourselves, hey, let's just go for it. Let's hop onto the train and ride those one and a half hours. So what? It's nothing because yeah, I have the opportunity to, to experience something great. No, yeah, that's uh, that's very amazing. And actually, actually, that's exactly the thing for me. I mean, I come from the south of Italy. When I had to go to Rome, capital city, uh, yeah. I needed to take a train and probably after eight hours, I would arrive there. And for me, actually, having the possibility of meeting amazing people just by getting a train and one hour being there and then riding the bicycle together for a few hours, for me, it's perfect. So, exactly. I mean, I'm going to be always a huge supporter of uh, <laughs> moving to another place to have another different bicycle ride with a completely different landscape and with completely different people and that's nice <laughs> and with river crossings right <laughs> all the time all the time i mean if it's not a river crossing it's not a ride with you people all the time <laughs> no but yeah it's super cool so yeah gravel also was there built up to give the opportunity to women to get together and to have rides together and to learn something together and also i mean enjoying a bit of the time outdoor and uh putting another step into that. You actually said that you took part to the Torino Nice Rally. Wait, Co Women Commute Torino Nice Rally. Or the other Something way around. Like 
something <laughs> like that. I mean, you know what I mean. I mean, the amazing event that was actually the kickoff, the the catcher and the starter of all these things happened last year after the push of Lyle and Gabi. And uh, this was super great. You took part to that and then you decided to make the weekender then in Switzerland. Can you tell me a bit more? What's the difference between the two events? Because, yeah, tell me more. <laughs> well, the Tulimalis rally is it's much longer, um, of course, and uh, it has been there for, for a long time already. I mean, James um, created this route or scouted this route a long time ago. There have been quite a lot of, of yearly events around it. Um, and so basically, I think from what I know, it was Lyle's wish to ride this route. And um, then she came up with the idea, oh, let's just have a rally for women. And um, so that was the Torino Nice rally for women. <laughs> and um, with the routes that we did two weeks ago, it was a route that um, Andreas and I scouted that was there, of course, it's in the Schweiz National Park, National Park, and um, the Bike Marathon um, organizes uh, races there, and a lot of, of the gravel routes that we used for our routes are also part of the Bike Marathon, but still we had to do quite a lot of research on our own. So that's really something that we created, and... Um, that I'm really happy to to use now <laughs> as a weekender possibility because um, we always thought that it would be a route that mountain bikers would ride. And um, when Isabel and I were talking about, yeah, well, let's organize weekender three days, I was like, oof, three days, Switzerland, that's impossible. Like, we want something for beginners. Beginners don't climb 3,000 meters of elevation a day. Uh, what are we going to do? <laughs> and so I looked at the routes that we had on our Kamut account, the collections that we had created. And I talked to Andreas and we were like, well, maybe somehow we could just, or I could just adjust this Marmotsman route so that we have three days that we don't kill ourselves with climbing, <laughs> that we have fun and still um, can do what Switzerland offers, have mountains within the route. So um, when we were on our summer holidays this year, I rewrote bits of the route, we scouted new things and I came, it came together somehow. And I think it was more or less quite the perfect version for a weekender, three days. There is some climbing, of course. There's some hike-a-bike. <laughs> river crossing? Um, it's doable. <laughs> okay. There is also somebody where river crossing, though. A river crossing? Yeah. If there's water. I mean, we, we haven't had that much water lately. Ah, it's true. It's true. Yeah, this year was horrible. Yeah, but actually we did have, I mean, we, we had rain on Friday morning, so we had some river crossings. Okay. That's good. I mean, the brand mark was there. Yeah, so that's one of the huge, um, yeah, the rally, the Torino-Nice rally, or even the Montanes-Vasios rally that 
um, last year's rally that was that has taken place this spring, they're much longer. They're six, seven, eight days. Whereas a weekender is really a thing of three days and um, you don't necessarily have to be on holidays or to take holidays to join. It's a long weekend. So basically it's, it's maybe more inclusive even than if you have like this week long thing where people need to be fit, where they need to be confident that they can really do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a cool thing that actually comes into my mind is we mentioned some of the events, right? We mentioned the Torino Nice Rally, James, person that I know, we talked a lot of times, and uh, it was in this podcast. Then we talked about Montañas Vacias, Ernesto, again. I mean, I was talking with Ernesto this morning because I'm looking <laughs> for building up a daddy bike. I mean, yeah, I want to call it a parent bike, exactly. And he was giving me some tips and suggestions there because if we were talking about some uh, specific brand platform that can be helpful. Then now I saw that there was a scouting out there about an, uh, a Slovenian uh, rally as well, coming pretty soon. And also there will the- be a Slovenian rally next year that um, Lyle is um, organizing together with Gabby from Kamut. So... Uh- Actually, this Friday, the second Torino Nice rally, the women's edition is starting. So yeah. they'll have a second edition, but that will be the last one. And so next year, there will be the Slovenian thing. Ah, okay. So yeah, that's super cool. And also there, there was some ideas coming from the organizer of the Trans-Balkan. And also there. Exactly. Yeah. I know them. Plus Nija as well. And also, I know her, she was here in the podcast. I mean, it's super cool, like, this kind of... And now we are here, talking about the, the weekender. It's super cool that, actually, we are all together trying... I mean, you, especially, uh, trying to build this movement there that has a really good engine. It's really moving forward. You wanted to make something important, but still feasible in order to everybody to feel included in this kind of adventure world. Yeah, I mean... I think the thing that we did here is, is, is smaller than something that like Ernesto does or James or also Matt with Grand Guanche and Grand Garda. I mean, that's something really cool he offers as well. But still, um, I think, yeah, it's maybe a small piece of a puzzle, but it's good to have it. And it's good to know people who do these things as well and to learn from them and, and just to, yeah, just to talk together as well, to meet and to exchange ideas, to see how it works in their countries, in their regions. That's really nice, yeah. That's very great. Can we go a bit more into detail than description of the route that you built together? Can you tell me how does it look like? I mean... Well, there's a lot of climbing. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> you can do it actually you can do it in, in three days it's really doable in three days and um, it starts in actually the loop so you can start anywhere mm-hmm. but and um, we did it clockwise so we went from Ternets, which is the door to the Swiss National Park and we rode towards Schwal. And in Ashkwal, we had the opportunity to either camp on the campground or there are also some hotels. There's a youth hostel where a lot of us stayed, so that was a good option with the rainy weather. 
And um, for me personally, the next squall would have been too short. That's like 30 Ks. So we spice things up a little bit with uh, two options. We had quite a lot of options. Um, on that day, some people, some women went on to Valsinestra. Um, I climbed up to Alcloret and Alclunas because I really like those high mountain um, landscapes. <laughs> so uh, people were really, everybody could do a little bit what they wanted after the, the part tenet squall. Then the next morning, um, we went on to Scharl. People complained, actually, people complained about the names in the Engadin. So, oh, really? Yeah, yeah they did. Okay. <laughs> Like, how can you name a village S and then C H A R L? What? What? <laughs> who, who came up with this? <laughs> I mean, yes. I mean, it's uh, for sure special. <laughs> it is. Yeah, we um, climbed to Stjarl, which is a really nice climb. It's a big gravel road, actually, really, but it's a nice one. And then we continued on a mountain bike trail, more or less, onto um, Kostainas Pass, and then we had a descent to Lü into Valmustair. And um, Valmustair is at the border to Italy, well, kind of to Italy and to Austria, so uh, we were in that region, and we actually climbed from Valmustair into Valmora, so that's a climb, really. And Valmora is, in my opinion, one of the nicest um, valleys in Switzerland. It's just out of this world, really. Landscapes are beautiful. The gravel road is wonderful. And um, there's marmots everywhere. Wow. There's uh, cows, horses. There's, uh, yeah, even donkeys. <laughs> <laughs> so there's river crossings. Always. Have it all, yeah. Um, and then if you leave Valmora, you cross the border into Italy, and that's a small trail actually, it's really a mountain bike trail. And I think that was the first time where some of us were like, Oh, I can't do this, it's too narrow for a gravel bike. But everyone arrived in Livigno in the evening, so obviously, everyone was capable of riding the trail or maybe pushing the bike. Mm -hmm. So it's okay. And once you arrive in Italy, you're in the National Park of Stelvio. So you leave the Swiss National Park going into the National Park of Stelvio. And uh, then we had the opportunity to ride around two lakes. They're actually reservoirs. Mm -hmm. Some of us did them, some of us didn't. So again, we had these options. And uh, then there was the last climb. That was a tough day. Day two was really tough. Last climb up to um, Alpicella and then down to Livigno, where we camped again. Okay. Yeah. And then next day, we had quite some discussions about it. <laughs> we had a long hike bike, three and a half kilometers. Oh, wow. One hour, yeah. I would say, or more. Only one and a half. Okay. Depending on how many breaks you do. Yeah. Because uh, we climbed on, up onto 2,694 meters. Oh. So, okay. Oxygen was a problem. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, but actually, it's really a nice hike a bike. It's totally doable. It's not a hike a bike. It's a push a bike. Mm. You just walk up a mountain and you push your bike. You don't have to carry it on your shoulders. Okay. So, okay, really. Um, some people enjoyed it totally. Some people, I think, cursed me in their thoughts, but they were friends again in the end. So uh, we had this hiker bike, and we had told the women to really bring shoes along where they can hike up this mountain because um, it's absolutely worth the hike because on the other side you have descent going um, back to Tenets, basically, um, and the upper part of it is a really, really nice flow trail. And women were, like, coming back that day, and they were, like, looking at me with, like, like the huge smiles on the faces, and they were like, wow, this was so cool, and I would never have thought that I could ride something like that, and that it's that fun, and... I don't even need a mountain bike for that. <laughs> Things like that. So uh, that was really nice to have this descent going down again into into yeah into the Engadine. And uh, so we arrived back in Tenets at around two three o'clock in the afternoon on the third day. Yeah, that was the route more or less. I mean, sounds really amazing. And actually, anyways, people, the, the script in the description below, there's going to be the route itself. Correct me if I'm wrong, Sarah. So I think that yeah. everybody of us can uh, really go and do it or just do a piece, do a segment or for sure take advantage of all the collection that you have made yourself or together with Andy. So, but That's this it. sounds like really a dream. The, maybe the only thing that isn't possible is wild camping. Um, Tell me more about that, exactly. Yeah, I was a little sad that we didn't have this wild camping um, because on the Torino Nice rally a year ago, we did wild camp a lot. I mean, it's always a question of is it legal, isn't it? But um, wild camping in this region, I would not do it just because it's national parks. And if there's something you don't do is ride your bike or camp in national parks. <laughs> so we really were strict and clear on that topic. Um, and we really wanted people not to wild camp, but really use um, facilities that were their campsites, hotels, whatever. So that's maybe the only thing that, I mean, if you go bikepacking, yeah. It's nice to wild camp. I understand that. <laughs> okay. We are not going to say that, but I'm going to whisper it. I mean, if you are by yourself, you are bikepacking by yourself, or you just two, whatever, maybe can be easier to do something illegal like this. But actually, you were a bunch of... How many of you were there? We were uh, 20. We were a group of 20 women. Exactly. Yeah. 20 women, yeah. so it means at least, I would say, going in the short size, something like 15 tons, while camping would have been, or beavis, would be a bit too visible. Definitely, yeah. And I mean, we had beavis, I think four of us or five of us had beavis. There was actually this huge, not contest, but um, it was quite funny to see all those different tents and beavis and sleeping setups and... Everybody tested each other's mattresses and one of them was the best and things like that. So 
it was nice to also have um, the talks or the opportunity to just test materials that you had maybe seen somewhere and um, that you never saw before and that was just lying around and you were like, oh, you have that. Can I test it? So that was quite fun as well. No, yeah, that's, I mean, putting together a bunch of like-minded people while with different styles comes out for sure with a lot of learnings. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, tell me a bit more then about the event itself. You told me that you were 20. You described us perfectly and giving us a lot of inspiration the route itself but tell us a bit i mean you know me right actually i the thing the jew most jewish the juiciest part for me for the podcast is knowing a bit more the anecdotal part so tell me about a bit something that happened something that you can tell us some conversations some swearing some good things some good um wildlife spotting tell me more about that Hmm, let me think. So, um, well, we had marmots. We didn't have that many marmots. Actually, Isabel was a little disappointed. At one point, she was like, I'm going to chase a marmot so I can take it home and cuddle it. And she wasn't very successful at that. And when I came home in the evening, I was like, shoot, Isabel didn't get her marmot. So I ordered her a uh, marmot, you know, like those fluffy animals. Yes, a peluche, a peluche marmot. Yeah, exactly. I ordered her one of those and it took quite a while to get to her house or to get to her home. And three days ago, she texted me and she was like, Sarah, I know this is a really weird question. But did you order a marmot for me? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, <laughs> you ordered one. <laughs> and you weren't very successful in catching one, so I ordered a marmot for you. Here you go. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, um, that was one thing. Um, we didn't see marmots. We did see marmots. It was, yeah, both of them. But then, um, yeah, what else? Well, we were freaking wet on Friday morning, raining heavily, and we were riding for about two hours from Tenet to Schwal. And um, I told everybody, well, if you want to have the best Nusforte, so the best um, uh, nut, nut, um, nut cake. cake, yes. Yeah, nut cake. Yeah, makes sense. Something like that. Yes, yeah. also nut maybe. Yeah, but it makes a lot of sense. Oh, it's uh, walnut. Walnut yeah. cake. Walnut. If yeah. you want best walnut cake in the Engadin, you have to go to Cantieni in Schwal. Um, they have a cafe there. You can have a cup of hot coffee. You can maybe dry your shoes a little bit and just enjoy this cake. And so I thought that maybe two or three would do that. And suddenly it was like 20 of us in that cafe and everybody was soaking wet and dirty and people looking at us and we were just enjoying coffee and nut cake. So, um, yeah, that was really nice having the group together. And we, um, from the beginning, we told everybody, hey, look, you don't have to be at one certain place in the evening, but it'd be nice to have everybody in one spot. And so um, in Divino, we really managed to be in the same pizzeria, 
not at the same time, but like a group of three coming, a group of four coming, a group of five going, and like this. And um, so that were the moments off the bike where we really were together as a group, where we had some beers, some wine, <laughs> a lot of laughter. Yeah. Ready for the hike back the day after. Exactly. <laughs> Um, I don't even know if there was like this really disastrous situation. We had one mechanical, which was a little weird, but apart from that, nothing really serious happened. Um, yeah, I'm sure the other 20 women could tell you a lot of stories where they had to laugh a lot. But since I wasn't with each group, I don't really remember that much. So, yeah, I can't really tell you that many juicy stories. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. The important thing is that you can be sure that something happened and everybody came back home with their piece of adventure and their piece of, uh, let's say, story to tell and type to fun or type one fun, whatever fun you want to have, and then they're ready to do it again. Definitely, yeah. That's perfect. I mean, we were already talking about uh, is there a next time? Can we have one more, please? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sure everybody enjoyed that weekend. Definitely. That's perfect. And at least it unleashed a bit the uh, the thirst of adventure. So people can really... I mean, after this one, after kicking off together with other people with a, in a bit more comfortable situation, and uh, if they actually go to understand that they can do, they are capable of doing something, the most important thing is that they unlocked this new world. Yeah, definitely. I mean, <clears throat> there were women who told me that it was their first bikepacking tour or weekender. Then there were women who are used to doing it, but always with their husbands or boyfriends, and maybe not with other women or alone. Then we had women who who have racing knowledge, I mean, who busy next to the road or sleep next to the road if it has to be. Um, we had all kind of different riders there, which was really nice. And I think those who are at the beginning of their bikepacking career, they were reassured, oh, people really survived those adventures. It's okay to do them. I can do it as well. So I think that was something that a lot of us took home again. Plus also um, the experience that women-only events can be fun. Because I think there are, me included, we sometimes are quite critical about women-only events. We're like, oh, do we really want to go to women-only events? Is it really? Do we really need that? Isn't it just a bunch of, of chicks? talking about makeup and things and it's not it's something else Absolutely. <laughs> so it was really nice to to experience that again but it's really good to have these kind of events and i'm i'm really i know we need these kind of events as much as we need the events where we have mixed groups let's yeah. dig a bit more into that because that's a question that actually i wanted to ask you and is I mean, you already kind of already started answering to this question, but why? I will put this in this other way. Why women's only events, in your opinion, are really needed? And why we cannot actually make something else, calling them 
newbie events and then for example will coming also somebody like me that i'm not skilled at all and actually i'm uh, i mean i'm usually really on the bad side of doing anything while on the other side you had as well in your group women that are really good way i mean that's a little anecdote that they say most of the time and it's basically all the time we are mentioning women in the mixed group and everything i mean i've been i mean i have ridden with a lot of women in my right in my life and I can tell you that probably 95 or 97% of the time, they were faster than me, more skilled than me, and everything like that. So that's the thing. Why do you think that actually women's whole event are really needed on one side? And why should not do something a bit more mixed and then set up things on a different level of skill, for example, or speed, or, uh, I don't know, attitude, or everything like that? Actually, um, I think... Or from what I have seen around here, there have been initiatives where somebody wanted to create like those newbies events, how you call them, mm -hmm. where we have a mixed group and have beginners. And somehow it didn't work out. Mm. Why? I don't know. <laughs> um, but that was in the road racing or road bike scene. What I have experienced, um, we did, we organized a Halloween overnighter last year and we had newbies there. I mean, we had this guy, he's like this terrific downhiller. I mean, he has skills like nobody else, but he had just begun with gravel biking and um, with road biking as well. And he joined the group with his girlfriend and they were newbies, both of them. And it worked out really well having a mixed group. So I don't think that you can say it doesn't work or it works if you have a newbie group or a mixed group or a women's only group or a men's only group. Um, I don't really know what the magic recipe behind those events is. But what I know for sure is each time that we have these women's rides with Cravel, we're like, wow, that was so much fun. And it was another kind of fun, maybe a type three <laughs> fun, or I don't know. It's just different from the fun we have when we're riding with men, which doesn't mean that riding with men always has to be a pain in the ass, not at all. I mean, those rides can be really fun as well. So I think when you organize um, something, whether it's women only or newbies only or mixed or whatever, I think you really have to be clear in communication what kind of public you want or what kind of people you want on this ride, what people will expect or what people can expect from the ride. And then you really have to to meet those expectations. Because if you say, okay, we're doing a newbie ride, um, I don't know, we'll ride 20 kmh, that's it. And then you have people who are racing the ride, then nobody will come again. Absolutely. And I think that's something that happens a lot. Um, and I've heard a friend of mine who told me about about an event that was organized here where exactly this happened. They had different groups. They wanted really to have everybody coming to this event, but in all three groups, there was racing happening. 
And that's not really that's not really the idea behind including people, women or newbies or men or whatever. <laughs> no, yeah, uh, I completely see the point, and uh, I mean. I think that at a certain point you touched the, you said the magic words. All the time that we're having this kind of rides, we're having a lot of fun and we don't know why. I mean, that's already more than enough and a lot amazing on this happening. So, I mean, that's already the key, right? Something like making something that people would remember and people would be happy to do again and people would be happy also to do that by themselves. Looking forward to do it again. And uh, that's yeah. great. But I, yeah, I mean, this discussion about having women's only or men's only, I mean, it would be really interesting to see how people react if, for example, Andy would say, okay, we're doing a men's only weekender. <laughs> <laughs> or people would react differently, really differently to if I say, okay, we're doing a women's only weekender. Um, if I do that, everybody is like, wow, that's really cool. Um, we always needed that. And if Andy would do something with men's only, I guess a lot of people would be like, wow, that's really exclusive. And what about the women? We need something for them as well. Things like that. So, um, yeah, it's a really difficult topic. It is. It is. But actually, it's something that I would tell you, I would never join. <laughs> I, like, I will try not to make it super harsh. I will never join a men's only event. We had this conversation offline before. I mean, I'm kind of uh, um, testosterone phobic. All the time that something competitive and testosterone, I mean, this happens as well also in my working environment, in a lot of things, not only in cycling, but all the time that actually testosterone level is too high, I really pull the plug. And it looks yeah. like anyways, I have the feeling that actually women, even if women's only is already excluding in the world itself, but actually a women ride is already more inclusive than a men's, uh, sorry, a men only ride or event or whatever, because there seems like it's not only in the, I mean, at the entry level, men only, but then there's going to be also competition inside in order to make it happen. I don't want to put categories there. For sure not. But seems like that at a certain point, kind of, I mean, men only event, it's something that naturally, for as bad as it can be, happened for so many years. For that's why at a certain point, we need to have women solely in order to open some doors. Is it something that, that we need to force? Maybe. You know? A little. <laughs> yeah. in order to let people know a bit more on what they can be able to do without being excluded not into the words but then into the facts while riding the bike you know what I mean yeah exactly and and I mean with this whole discussion going on I think there's there are some people maybe men as well who would like to join rides but um, can't join the women's ride, the women's only ride, because it's women's only. And if they want to join a group ride where you have 99% of men, they're not fit enough. So what are those going to do? And that's exactly the group you said, the newbies, right? So we really need um, to really include everybody. We really need group rides or events for these people as well. And I mean, we were talking about inclusion and including people. If we have a look at what 
we ride, how much it costs. <laughs> I think cycling at the moment it's not inclusive yet because behind cycling there are brands. Brands want to generate money, they want to get money. Bikes are expensive. Not everybody can afford a bike and uh, we'll never be able to include everybody into cycling as long as um, there's a huge industry behind it and people need a specialized bike or whatever brand and maybe not a between bike or something like that, right? Yeah. So that's another point of where we really have to think all over again, um, how are we going to include people who can't afford the material? How are we going to do that? Mm -hmm. No, yeah, you're completely right. And I think that actually, I don't have an answer. Of course, I don't have an answer. But actually, I have kind of uh, an angle on that. And it's exactly the thing that we were talking at the beginning. Not judging people from what they're wearing or what they're riding. That's the main thing. Exactly. Until we're going all together to explore something new and not actually to measure our rides according to what we are riding or how expensive is the bike that you're riding until... We are doing that. That, for sure, is going to be an exclusive sport. As soon as we kick in the conversation that everybody on a bike is the same, no matter the bike, no matter their clothes, then it's only about the experience. We are not on a bike because we want to buy new things all the time. We are on a bike because we like the outdoors, we like the people, we like to push ourselves, we like a lot of things, not because we like the material. I mean... Of course we do, but... <laughs> I mean, yes, we are, we are nerds. I mean, as we were saying before, I have been thinking about a dead bike most of the time now and try to understand what's the best <laughs> and what's not. But just because we are nerds, but I'm not going to judge... I mean, um, example... No, I think people who, who... Actually, anybody should be able to join our rides. And I mean, I, I, I said, yeah, um, I named Specialized and I said we have to have a Specialized... Uh, bike to be able to ride it's it's not true i mean specialized is doing a lot of good work as well mm -hmm. and i know for example really had those camps with kids who come from maybe families who can't afford material and um, specialized gave stuff there and, and really made it happen for those children to participate or for those young girls so i think that's a really important initiative of the industry as well um, but still, I think it's something that has to change within us as well. That if we see somebody with a shitty bike, it's completely okay if they join. So what? I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I mean, last word on that from my side is brands and then consumerism is putting people into clusters, not even categories, yeah. but clusters to sell more. Is their game... Yeah. Our game yeah. as humanity is being social, not dividing. As soon as we keep on being person and human being instead of uh, clusters where we are put from brands, so numbers, then things are going to be better. That's the main thing. Yeah, but how do you... <laughs> I'm just thinking about yeah. if we want to stay social, then we wouldn't really need women's only events. 
And then we're back to this. I have, <laughs> I have a word on that as well. I think that actually yeah. women's... Oh, I know. I mean, having women's only ride, and I'm putting myself on this other side, I would say, um, having women's only uh, events is needed at the moment because women and also non-binary, transgender people, all these kind of things were ex always excluded naturally yeah. by this kind of event. So in order for people to feel a bit more comfortable on this kind of rides event and everything, they need... I don't want to say a closed uh, event or rally or everything, but something like a comfortable environment that they can express and be themselves. As soon as we unlock this thing, as soon as we are not going to be in the need anymore to have women's only event, all of us is going to be richer in the spirit. But mm -hmm. at the moment, probably we still need that in order for people to feel comfortable. And we all need people to feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, and I think that was one of the, the main reasons why I really wanted this to happen because I knew um, there are women out there who would like to try how this feels to be on the road or on the roads for the day to have their tents with them and their cooking equipment and maybe not having a shower each evening. And I mean, that's something that Kamut as well wants, really, really wants to promote that everybody can have these adventures in their lives. And I think that's really something that is social again. I mean, having adventures together is something of the best that we can have in our lives. So, yeah, I think that's, that's a really important thing. And I'm really happy that this happened. Absolutely. That because this happens, this means that actually we have also the space and welcome actually to join this space to have these kind of talks. It's cool to report on what happens and everything, but it's also super cool to talk like, I mean, with a person like you, of these kind of things, why they should be there. Not only, I mean, it's concrete, you made it. So we're talking about <laughs> a fact, we're not talking about theories, but then close to that, yeah, also yeah. putting together some theories and uh, some thoughts on how these things should be and uh, why are in a certain way. So, I mean, by creating these things, and making them happen, then you're also generating a discussion that is super well needed. Yeah, and, and uh, what you just said about brands and um, what brands do with us, I mean, I'm really happy to have brands who support things like that, as Kamu does. So, um, it's, it's important to have this backup or to have this, um, how do you say, yeah, to have this support in order to create something that is maybe a little bigger than if you wouldn't have the support. I mean, I could have done it with Cavell, but maybe we would only have reached 10 or 5 women. And with Kamut helping me and with Isabel supporting me, we had 20 or even 25. And um, that's really cool. Yeah. Let's talk about the future with the last question that I want to ask you, Sarah. And... Uh... <laughs> I have two things actually that I want to ask you. I want to merge them in the same quest in the same question. Yeah, what did you learn from this event? How did you feel about these events? And actually, there are three. And the third one is: Is there gonna be another? Uh, how do you call it? I mean, weekender here in Switzerland. Are you gonna take part or organizing something like this again next year, this season, next season in winter? I don't know. 
Oh, that would be nice. <laughs> we can do In that. Winter. I mean, if you're doing, I'm super, super, super <laughs> sad because probably I will never join um, uh, Halloween uh, Overnighter. Last year you invited me, but I could not join. Camilo was born the 2nd of November. And probably now that spot is going to be locked until he's not going to be somebody who needs my support there. But then as soon as he's going to be capable, we can come together. Exactly. Yeah. yeah even better. Uh, yeah. We'll, have a, we'll have a kids inclusive weekend. I love it. I love it. As soon as he can, I will do it. Well, about your questions. Um, hmm, what did I learn? Um, I never organized something like that. I participated in Torino Rally. I participated in other cycling events. And I think from the, the, the other perspective, from organizing something, I learned a lot of things, which I really like because I actually really like to organize things. And... Um, yeah, so there were some lessons learned there. One of the lessons maybe would be that if something, if you don't have to pay for something, then people easily say, okay, I'll come. But then people easily cancel as well. Mm -hmm. And they cancel maybe a day before the event, which in my opinion is very unfair towards the people who wanted to come but didn't get a spot. So that is something we were discussing a lot, the participants and I and Isabel as well. How can you avoid this happening? And is the solution to that that you have to pay something because then it's not inclusive again? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. That was something that will, if we organize a weekend or a rally, whatever, again, that is something we'll have to keep in mind. Um, I really want to organize whatever it is, a ride, a rally, a weekender, <laughs> if it's a women's only, if it's a mixed thing. I love to organize these kind of things. Um, it's quite intensive to organize it. The scouting takes a lot of time if you really want to have a good route. And um, so it takes a lot of time to really have these nice events. But once you have them, and people have told me this as well, you don't have to come up with new ideas every month. And that is something maybe I learned as well, that people are okay with if we repeat things as long as they're good. Um, so, chances are good that we'll have another weekender, Halloweener, Easter, whatever. Kids <laughs> event. <laughs> yeah. Actually, Andres and I, we have some things in mind. So, yeah. That's <laughs> great. You. That's great. I will probably ask to you if you can answer me off record at a certain point, but maybe during one of our rides. So, I can't wait to know more about that. Definitely. <laughs> and I can actually tell you that the last question from your smile, you answer ready to my question. You feel pretty cool and happy on the outcome of the event. And that's probably yes. the best price and the best kind of feeling that myself from this side of the microphone, people from the other side actually of the speaker and actually people that have ridden with you during this event can have so something like that the organizer had good time good fun the outcome was good and he's ready to make it again 
Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yes. And um, yeah, well, it, well, it's, I mean, of course the route was good and, and the landscapes are great, but it's also thanks to the people who were joining. I mean, the women who were there were so cool people, badass women, and they contributed a lot to this smile as well. So thank you to them for being there. <laughs> That's very great. Sarah, last thing. Do you want to add something? The, no. Is there anything that we missed? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm always happy if, uh, if someone wants to join our rides. There will be rides again. I needed a small break now, but there will be rides again, overnighters. So I'm always happy to meet women from all over Switzerland, or even if you're not from Switzerland, even the better. And um, we'll try to do some some men and women things, mixed things again as well with Bello Mario and with Walter Schottisch. So I hope to see you out there somewhere. Of course, of course. I mean... Now this year it has been a bit of a setting up and settle back things, but for sure people there are going to come and myself, first person actually, me, I'm going to come as well. So that's really great. Maybe something that we have to do, I think. I think it's really something that we have to do. We have to say some uh, uh, hi, greetings and shout out to a few people, so people that we know. So of course, Andy, first of all, hi Andy. You were actually in this conversation a lot. Hope you are doing good. Can't wait to see you again. We have to say hi to Velo Mario as well. Hi, Mario. Also, you were mentioned quite a lot. Thanks a lot for all the support and all the great time that we have around there. Thanks, Komut. And thanks, Isabel. Yeah. Exactly. Thanks, Komut. And thanks, Isabel. All the time, all these people that are there. I mean, seems like really we are talking about the same family here. We are really part of the same family. Isabel, it's always great and organizing great things and great events and the great community uh, gatherings and initiatives. That's super great. Komut is supporting me as well for uh, this podcast. And that's super great to hear that they are supporting the community so much. And then, as I was saying, you, Andy, Mario, amazing people to ride with, amazing people to spend time with and amazing initiatives that are coming from this bunch of amazing people. So from my side, I have to say all of you that I mentioned, really, thank you for being there. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> Perfect. Sarah, then thanks a lot for our chat. It was great pleasure. And uh, yeah, hopefully riding soon definitely. together again. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> have a nice one. You too. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Komoot Women's Weekender Marmotland Edition in the Engadin area. I mean, the only thing that comes to my mind is that I really want to ride this track. And the track is down below in the activities of Gravel and Sarah as well. And everybody who took part to it. Sarah, thanks a lot for your uh, drive again, riding us through this beautiful event. And also driving a bit riding a bit the conversation into something that is pretty often untold. I mean, you know what I refer to, right? Women's only events, men's only event. We like it, we don't like it, why we need it. You know why we need it. And everything is said during the episode. But it's always good to keep on this conversation. So please engage with this episode or share it with your friends. Or if you don't agree with what I say, I mean, it's easy. 
find me on Instagram, CalamaroCC, or Broomwagon Podcast, and we can have another conversation. Or just let me know if you think that I need to interview or kick off this conversation with other people. I'm pretty open. I mean, I'm pretty, pretty open. Inclusivity is the first pillar of the Broomwagon Podcast. Thanks a lot, Sarah. Thanks a lot for showing us the way. And thanks a lot for showing us these amazing valleys that you have ridden together with the other, uh, the other gravel. Sorry, people, a lot of mistakes, as I was saying here, this episode. It has been a bit of a random one, but I wanted to put it into this show because, I mean, what else? It's great. Thanks a lot for listening till here. Thanks a lot for have been sharing, reviewed, uh, whatever you want to do in the application where you are listening to your podcast. And please remember that if you want, you can support this podcast by dropping some coins down below at the coffee link. Thanks, Kalmut, for supporting this podcast over and over and over. You are just amazing people. And remember, everybody, that if you want, if you go to komoot.com slash G and you are a first-timer, so first registration people, you can get an extra free region by putting inside the code BROOM. It's amazing. Just do it. And then you can unlock a lot of super cool features. You know what I mean, right? Please do it if you want. And if you don't want, just share it with somebody else. Or if you have already an account, share the code room with somebody else. It's always good. Thanks a lot as well for everybody who is engaging with Bikey Geese. Some new projects are coming soon. And another thing that I want to tell you, thanks a lot for being close to my heart most of the time. And remember, you don't have only to review or do whatever in order to support me or drop some coins on coffee. I mean, they are welcome, but this is not the only thing. Something that I've been missing lately is some feedback from your side. Please let me know if you liked that episode, you didn't, or you want somebody to, to be in the episode or everything you think it's worth it for me to know. Please do it. Just if you, if you want, just send me a heart. I mean, tell me that you love me or that you don't like me. Say hi. I really need this kind of feedback from your side. People, I'm going to be traveling in the next couple of weeks and you're going to be really dropped with a lot of other episodes soon. Until then, follow me on social media. Until then, then, I mean, to the next episode, a huge hug. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.